0: Hello and welcome to the MGMA Podcast. I'm Daniel Williams, Senior Editor at MGMA. Today I'm talking with Ken Hertz, Principal Consultant with MGMA Consulting. Ken has nearly 40 years of management experience and has held numerous leadership positions in both small and large healthcare organizations in primary care, multi-specialty care, and large integrated systems. Ken's consulting work has encompassed a broad range of services, including operational improvement, practice analysis, strategic planning, organizational development, and strategic marketing. Ken, you've begun a monthly series on what healthcare professionals can learn from leadership books. Where in the world did this idea come from?
1: Uh, It's interesting, Daniel. It actually goes back to um, something I learned when I was a music major in college. I happened to be a saxophone player and a saxophone major, and I had an instructor uh, that told me, in order to become a really great musician, you should not just go listen to saxophones, but you should go listen to voice recitals, uh, trumpet recitals, clarinet recitals, in other words, the entire spectrum. And so, um, as I've gone through uh, my work career, um, I've really been interested in leadership, not just from healthcare, but from the broad uh, scope of leadership writing and Um, as you well know, uh, there are more leadership books out there, um, than there is, uh, hair on my head. And right now I still am lucky enough to have a lot of hair on my head, (laughs) you know, and so it, it really, it came from that. And, and the second part of that is, um, as I've been doing presentations over the last uh, 20 years, um, I often will put together kind of a bibliography of interesting books um, and uh, share that at the end of my presentations. And I often get um, people that will come up and ask me about a specific book or um, uh, before I was actually doing the bibliography, I would just reference them and people would come up and ask for specific references. So. It occurred to me that um, in this field that is increasingly complex, one of the things we really have to take a look at is our leadership skills, and while we spend a lot of time focusing on denial management and and correct coding and documentation and the appropriate way to schedule in our practice, uh, what has often been called a, a soft skill, this leadership, this uh, management, uh, emotional intelligence, how we deal with people is increasingly important. And it really, I think, is foundational to the success and sustainability of our practices in the future.
0: Okay. Now, I'm interested in this. Did you always have a great love for actual leadership books or was was there a certain book or books that really sparked your interest in this genre? I started
1: out uh, reading um, just a a lot of books about management per se. Um, I also, uh, long ago, was very interested in in marketing, so uh, did a lot of that. And as my actual Positions in my organizations evolved into more leadership oriented. Um, I, I looked to that um, uh, as a resource then um, to uh, to really kind of develop some some insight and some knowledge about um, leadership. I, you know, I also would read some. Um, some biographies of some, uh, if you will, great leaders. Um, and that kind of interested me. And, and from there, I guess, Daniel, it kind of just morphed into more of, uh, some of the, uh, some of the leadership books. And, and so I'd read Peter Drucker or, um, um, uh, I'd read um, uh, Warren Bennis, uh, you know, two names that are uh, really uh, just uh, leaders uh, in the field of leadership, if you will, Mm -hmm. Um, uh, you know, giants in the field of leadership. So that's how it kind of evolved.
0: Okay. Now, not to throw a wet blanket on this, but the argument could could be made that all the great leadership ideas were figured out maybe a couple of thousand years ago by thinkers like Marcus Aurelius and Sun Tzu. And, and yet we have new leadership books published every year. They're published all the time. And you are becoming a great library for other people to kind of uh, hinge off of your ideas of what great leadership books are out there, not to waste their time. So what is the mark of a a leadership book that makes it worth a reader's time? Uh, Two parts to that.
1: Part A of that, by the way, is um, people need to go back and read uh, Sun Tzu and Marcus Aurelius. And Epictetus, um, and some of those, if you'll pardon the expression, fellows, yes, uh, <laughs> uh, or or some of those guys, um, but uh, it, it is important because, um, uh, uh, you know, even uh, even uh, 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 Dante. Uh, I mean, there's just there's a lot that was written, as you say. Uh, more More than a week or two ago, exactly that is still today so very valuable, so what 's the mark of a good leadership book today? Um, uh, that's that 's hard, and so um, what I do and what I like to do is read good writers and see what they recommend and and say who they recommend. Uh, in terms of other writers and other books, it's kind of like uh, uh, modeling your behavior uh, on somebody else that you admire. Mm -hmm. Um, And so uh, I look to people like, um, uh, and and we'll talk about them in a little bit, although I mentioned them in that first uh, article, we'll talk about, uh, Ryan Holiday and, and Lolly Daskell and Seth Godin. But for instance, I look at people like that and, um, and I see who they're recommending. Um, I like to look at, um, uh, for instance, some former military leaders and see who they're recommending. Um, and then um, I, I'll just do a lot of reading of, of blog posts. I probably get somewhere around, I don't know, maybe it's 100, 150 different uh, sites that I get RSS feeds, not every site every day, but uh, a broad range of, um, of sites, and I will look to those to see who they're recommending. And then finally, the other source, uh, Daniel, is when I go to a conference or I attend a webinar or something, and I hear a speaker that I really like, um, I will uh, listen to see if they recommend books. And the other thing that I've been known to do is uh, if I hear a terrific speaker, uh, either live or webinar, um, I will often email them, thank them for the presentation, appreciated their insights. And by the way, um, uh, what are the top three books that they would recommend that have been tremendously helpful or useful to them? Mm-hmm. So there are a number of different sources in terms of getting them. Is there an absolute way, um, to find the right book? No. And the other thing to know is it's okay to put down a book and say, Mm. isn't what I thought it was, I'll move on to another one. It's Mm -hmm. okay to do
0: that. Absolutely. So you're doing a tremendous service because not only are you out there scouring and looking for great leadership books and great leadership ideas, but uh, you're also in a way condensing them for people, providing them with summaries or some of the best takeaways to uh, save people time. And so in your first column, which uh, appears right now on mgma.com, you identified three thought leaders in the field. You mentioned them earlier. So let's take them one by one and get a sense or an idea of what readers could, uh, learn from each one of them. So first, Seth Godin, what, what could someone, particularly in a medical practice group, what in the world could they learn or glean from Seth Godin that then they could turn around and apply to their own practice?
1: Um, Seth is fascinating as a speaker. He's tremendously engaging his books. Um, are all generally bestsellers. Uh, I'll give you an, uh, a real world example. Uh, when I lived in Louisiana, I was working on a project which was uh, distributing AEDs. Okay. So I was involved in, a, in a, um, a program where a charitable foundation was distributing those. And I was in the middle of reading uh, one of Seth's books. And in the book, he talked about sneezers. Mm -hmm. Well, sneezers are people that spread the word. Um, uh, Sneezers are another word uh, or another description of word of mouth. What can we learn uh, from from a medical practice standpoint? We know already that word of mouth is one of the greatest ways that we can bring in new patients to our practice. And so... Uh, That whole concept of sneezers was one that I took and then shared with that group that I was working with. And we then began to put together a committee of people that we wanted to be sneezers for us to get the word out about what we were offering and what we were doing. After we did that, um, it broadened out the effort and the foundation ended up placing something like And I think the number was 500 to 600 AEDs in a eight or nine county area. Mm -hmm. And we did it in large part because we built this team of sneezers. So uh, from a practice standpoint, um, uh, the sneezers, and and I talk about that there, are are, are really um, important for the practice. But the other thing is, uh, Seth will talk about um, uh, in another book about something he calls the uh, the Dipping point. You know sometimes it's time to let go, and you have to know when to let go um, so I-, I think there are a lot of things to take away from his reading. he's got energy, innovation, imagination, um, and he is all about excellence and exceeding people's expectations.
0: Okay. Now I had heard of Seth Godin and actually read a couple of his books and had read the book that talked about sneezers. Uh, Lolly Daskal was a new name to me. What, what can we learn from Lolly?
1: She is all about emotional intelligence. She's all about um, relationships, and and working with people as people and as human beings. Um, She she understands the concept of motivation. Um, She she is, um, you know, there are some people that have this notion that uh, you just have to be a tough guy to be successful. You're not a tough guy. Well, you're not going to be successful. She's got a whole different approach. And I, I came across her, I guess, one day on Twitter. And I thought, wow, uh, this is really very, very interesting. And um, uh, as I followed her um, and uh, her blog posts and uh, uh, going through uh, her books, it's just it's a, it's a whole different approach. It's a very humanistic, uh, holistic approach. Uh, it's great. I mean, I, I, for me, it, it particularly resonates. Um, uh, my wife who has been one of my greatest critic critics has always told me I've been too nice <laughs> and no good deed goes unpunished. Um, I don't believe that and neither does Lolly Daskal. And, uh, so i think that um that humanistic uh, holistic emotional intelligence approach is really what she's about
0: well, that's fantastic and then our third thought leader for this month is ryan holiday and what can we learn from ryan uh in in
1: the uh, in the article i mentioned the obstacle is the way and um which is really uh the book of his that really hooked me um, on his writing. And um, he's really, um, (laughs) he calls himself a a, a media specialist, um, but he writes about uh, stoicism, uh, how we can use it and apply it in our daily lives. Uh, it's not what people think it is. I mean, the general notion is that, well, being a Stoic means that you show no emotion, you don't do this, you don't do that, you don't do the other thing. Uh, that's not what he's about. Um, he is about Stoicism um, as as an effective way to approach issues um, and and obstacles that we confront in our daily life. And frankly, uh, in our professional lives as well, and so I think it gives us um, uh, uh, some tools, some understanding <clears throat> excuse me of how we um, of how we can move forward, and how we have to understand that addressing and the the, the obstacle. In front of us, the challenge that we face, um, but that really is what our intended pathway is to move forward. And from a practice administrator standpoint, or a physician leader uh, standpoint, these are all things that I think are important for us to understand because uh, we're in an environment where healthcare can be very frustrated, and and uh, where we can um, be faced with huge obstacles on a daily basis. And frankly, an obstacle today that wasn't there yesterday, new rules, new regulations. Um, and so uh, he helps us, I think, work through those.
0: Well, that's fantastic. And I just wanted to remind the listeners again that uh, you have created a, a new series and it's, it's entitled What Healthcare Professionals Can Learn from Leadership Books. And Anyone can, can find that on mgma.com, and uh, I strongly advise them to go out and read your monthly column there. So thanks again, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to catching up with you next month so we can figure out some other great ideas and strategies from other uh, leadership books. So I, I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, thank you so much, Daniel. It's, uh, it's my pleasure. All right. Thank you. To learn more about Ken's leadership series or to read his column, you can go to mgma.com forward slash resources. I'm Daniel Williams, and thanks again for listening to the MGMA podcast.